0: Brand new Philadelphia based sports gambling podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe Simonera. I'm joined by Shane Curran. Shane, tell us what's on tap for today.
1: Penn State football, week one bets.
0: All right. Time to cash in. All right, Shane, it is here. Penn State playing tonight at Purdue, Big Ten opener, first game of the season. I could not be more excited. I've been getting I've been getting ready for for week 1 of college football. You know what I was doing? I was watching uh have you seen this the uh the Netflix documentary the one of the untolds about Tim Donaghy?
1: No, no, I haven't oh, seen that. Great.
0: one. I, I was thinking about it. So it's weird. They um it's it's him and like, you know, all the other the guys that were part of the scheme with him and uh uh he met the one guy at at O'Hara, our our high school and the guy is filmed walking around the grounds of O'Hara like all like the <laughs> like the um Whatever they call it, like the random shots of him. He's just out of Ohio. Like They don't they don't mention it, but you can tell it's where he is. And I was thinking, like, we could have the greatest gambling podcast ever, and we still would not be the the most notorious gamblers from our high school <laughs> because we went to the same high school as Tim Donaghy and these guys. But it's actually it's it's actually pretty good. And uh yeah, you know, we're gonna talk when we get to the NBA, it's gonna be 90% me complaining about the refs. And I'm gonna have so many more thoughts on that when we get to it, but it it, it infuriates me that the NBA <laughs> like they they knew it. They knew what they were doing, and they do nothing to stop it. And they just look the other way on it. it it's insane. Like they know they want to extend series to to game seven. It's like Donnie was right about all that stuff. They know that they want to give preference treatment to their stars. They know all of that stuff, and they do nothing about it. And the officiating in the NBA is, is worse than it ever has been. But we got a couple months until NBA season. Yeah, so that, let's that, talk. that's all great. But it's, <laughs> it's week one. Penn State <laughs> plays in, in eight hours. So I, 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 I should, don't
1: should. really. Was there some transition there between mm-hmm. Tim Donaghy and Penn State? Yeah, gambling um oh, okay there we go <laughs>
0: and, and our penn state pick will will come uh come soon enough but but yeah i'm so excited for for week one and uh you know penn state is is for the third year in a row they're going to be really challenged in in week one on the road against a big 10 team so they they lose to indiana two years ago and they beat uh, wisconsin last year in a, in a tough game uh this is going to be a really difficult game and i've gone back and forth on this, I, I mean, literally for a month, just just what side am I going to end up on with this Penn State game? I I really really don't. Still, I mean, uh, I, I still don't have a, a, a great feel for it, but I think I have a pick for you, um, and I think I'm going to be on the right side of it. Uh, what are your What are your initial thoughts, though, Shane, going into into Week One at Purdue?
1: Well, what you just mentioned raised an interesting question, right? So, Tim you're, you're you're not sure which side you're on. What are your thoughts on betting against your favorite team? Uh,
0: I typically don't. Do it, I, I and you know we're not professionals. We're not you know we're not like the guys that are featured in the documentary that we're shaking down Tim Donaghy. But, um, I just don't. I for the same reason I don't, I don't really enjoy betting unders because you're just like rooting against points being scored. So I think if like I do have a play that's an under this week, which I think is a is a pretty good play. So I'm at it there. But like if it's this podcast is called filling the over. I want the home team to win and I want a lot of. So I'm I'm that kind of I uh, I am the the ultimate just average Joe better, um so yeah I, I typically do not bet against uh the teams that I really like um the only the only thing I'll say is that you know I I sometimes don't bet on them I don't I don't necessarily just say okay they're my favorite team so now it's it's gonna be uh it, it's gonna be a win and a cover and all that stuff,
1: gotcha interesting so. Uh, Penn state minus three and a half on the yep. road, another big 10 opener on the road. It's going to be a tough game over, uh, the over under is 53 and a half. Uh, I'm going to say right now, I'm not touching this game. I am. I have no idea which way to lean, what I'm going mm-hmm. to do. What I'll probably end up doing is I'm just going to wait and hopefully get a great live line. Someone scores uh quick yeah. early and, uh, try and get, try to get a better live line, but I'm, I'm not touching this. Yeah. Game. I, th-
0: I think that that might be, um, might be a pretty sound idea Purdue and and Jeff Brom uh, head coach is is pretty notorious for for doing a really good job at uh, planning out the first 15 or so snaps of every game so it wouldn't shock me if Purdue gets the ball first they go down the field and score um so you you could be looking for that and then and then get on Penn State at a little bit of a better number uh I, I like I said I've been just going back and forth on this and I've really been wrestling with it. Um, and you look at the quarterbacks, both quarterbacks are six years. Aiden O'Connell at Purdue and Sean Clifford at Penn State, of course. Um, so I think that that you're going to have two really experienced guys, and 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 the moment is not going to be too big for either of them. Now you have to look at the the supporting cast. Uh, one thing that really drives me nuts about college football fans is. And I'm going to use Purdue as an example, but but you follow Purdue and you see their fans on message boards and things like that. Last year, David Bell was, you know, Randy Moss. He's just the greatest wide receiver to ever step foot on a football field. It's, it's all great. He's so incredible. He's amazing. Well, he's gone now, but they don't seem to care. No one seems to care that they don't have a replacement for him. They bring in two transfers from Iowa to play wide receiver. You lose an NFL ca- caliber wide receiver with a ton of talent. And, and last year, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And now no, no one seems to be concerned that they don't have David Bell anymore. So you lose your best offensive player. And then you lose George Karloftis off of your defensive line, your best defensive player. So now you're down your two best players. Penn State absolutely lost their best player in, in Jahan Dotson. 100%. I think that Parker Washington and, and Keandre Lambert-Smith to some degree, and then they bring in uh, Mitchell Tinsley, the transfer. I think that those guys are a, a little bit more ready than than what Purdue's going to have, working in two new transfers from Iowa, who not exactly known for the wide receivers. Um, so I think that that in that regard, Clifford, I think, has a little bit better of a sporting cast on offense, uh, especially at the running back position. Uh, my bold, bold prediction for this game is Kevon Lee will finish fourth in rushing yards and he should be the starting running back. I think Nick Singleton plays a lot. And and the more I I I listen to what Franklin's saying and what's coming out of the, the press conferences that have been going this week. Sean Clifford had one, um uh Taylor Stubblefield wide receiver and of course Franklin, uh uh Fat Man Allen, Katron Allen, who they call Fat Man, I I I don't know why, because if that's fat man, then I'm I'm in worse shape than I thought. Uh <laughs> I think that he's gonna play too. So you're gonna have two true freshman running backs that they expect really big things out of. And I think they're both going to get a lot, a lot of time. And I think one of them Will be the difference in the game, be it Nick Singleton or Katron Allen, and then you have Sean Clifford who who can make plays with his feet. We've we've seen that. Uh, they don't want to rely on that, which which they did the past year or so. Um, but I think Sean Clifford can also get out of the pocket and make things happen. So that's kind of how I'm I'm seeing it. Both teams on the offensive side of the ball. Purdue is going to want to push the ball down the field. That that's that's what Aiden O'Connell wants to do. That's what Jeff Brown wants to do. That's what Brian Brown, offensive coordinator, wants to do. Penn State has just such a, a, a great secondary and they can rotate cornerbacks in. I mean, they got five guys that, 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 you know, to their own coach's admission, uh, Terry Smith, a D backs coach said so he's got, you know, five NFL caliber, cornerbacks on, on this team. And then of course you have you have really good safety play with, with Jair Brown. Um so I think that that's that's really where the battle is. Can Purdue get the ball down the field, uh have these explosive plays, these chunk yardage plays, or does Penn State secondary step in and stop them? Uh, that that's really where where I think the game's going to be going to be won or lost. So I'm I'm leaning Penn State beat because of that. Um, I think that they the Penn State defense under Manny Diaz. His first game as defense coordinator, Penn State uh, is going to come really ready to play. And I just think that that the, the talent they have. I mean, Joey Porter is going to shut. He could shut down two of these guys at the same time if he wanted to. <laughs> you see how long his arms are. Um, I, I just think the Penn State secondary will will prevent those big explosive downfield plays from happening. I think that's what's going to happen. So that's why I'm I'm, I'm leaning Penn State. I, I took it when Penn State was uh, minus three. Now it's three in the hook. Uh, I'm still pretty confident in Penn State. Um, could this game go the total opposite direction? Aiden O'Connell throws for 500 yards, probably because it's Penn State, and God knows what's going to happen once once the game starts. Does does Franklin just get outcoached by by Brom? A very real possibility of that happening. Um, but but I have to lean Penn State. Just I I, I just think that produce strength, or, or not even necessarily their strength, but they what they will try to force the entire game. I think Penn State is ready for it more so than a lot of teams in the country would, would even be. Um, so I've just I'm, I'm a little bit skittish on on Purdue working in new receivers. Penn State has has such a good secondary. So Penn State secondary and one of the freshman running backs, Singleton or, or Fat Man, are going to uh going to be the difference in the game. Those are my predictions.
1: Whew. All right. Let's Sticking look at <laughs> the numbers. So Penn State right now is receiving 59% of the bets coming in, whereas Purdue is receiving 41. So what does that mean? A hundred bets come in, 59 of them are going to Penn State, 41 are going to Purdue. Pretty, pretty straightforward. The amount of money though, that's coming in on this game is quite the opposite. So right now for all the money bet on this game, Penn state's only getting 31% of the money, whereas Purdue is getting 69% of the money. So what does that mean? All right, there's a hundred bets, 59 bets are on Penn state, 41 are on Purdue. Of those hundred bets, let's say there's a thousand dollars in play. That means that $690 are on Purdue and 310 are on Penn state. So these are just some some numbers that are coming in through through all the sports book throughout the company the country. Uh, what does it mean? So when you see a, a differential that's that's that big, it usually signals that some heavy money has come in through um, just a few bets on on Purdue side, which typically indicates that the sharps are taking uh, Purdue at plus three and a half. Um, so Joe, as you're as you're looking at this right now, as um, I said,
0: I'm not a sharp. So, <laughs> so you're going with the home team. <laughs> I, 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 well, in this case, it's the away team, but it's my home team. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I, I do understand, uh, and I've wrestled with it quite a bit too, and and I, I understand why the the sharp batter say, okay, well, this team is is a uh, home dog, getting three and a half points. Um, so unless Floyd Mayweather has a huge Purdue bet in it is. <laughs> It is big time betters putting uh putting a lot of money down um in, in their bets. so uh Penn State is definitely the public play which which it feels a little bit odd I I was I was reading something and this guy's bashing Penn State and saying uh uh Penn State they're they're always gr- going to be great next year and, and it's kind of it's kind of funny when you say that a little bit of truth though but it I think the public perception of Penn State is is not um I, it just doesn't seem to hold the same gravitas that it did in the years right after McSorley Barkley. But uh, you know, I think that that's really neither here nor there. there there's there's certainly uh, there, there's certainly uh, reason to believe Purdue can come out and and cover or win this game outright. Um, but I, I just I just lean lean Penn State from a, a purely football perspective. I, I I just think that the the matchup favors Penn State here.
1: Yeah, just going back, this same thing last year. I mean, last year we were able to to win win week one but these type of games week one it it can really just just set up so much disappointment for the next oh yeah next three months right they lose this game and like none of the other games really matter right because we lose to purdue we're not making it
0: to, no it's to yeah you lose to purdue playoff. your season's over purdue loses to penn state and it's like well you know we probably have to have to be you know Six and three or whatever in our in our conference to to win that Big Ten garbage division. So, um, you know, I think that I think that Purdue can can sort of sustain a loss and and still kind of get to their goals. But for Penn State, I, I think if they lose this game, it's going to be uh, it's going to be bad. It'll be it'll be bad. I'll I'll need somebody to come check on me. It'll I'll be bad. It'll it'll be <laughs> it will not be a not be a happy happy Friday morning. That's that's for sure.
1: And as you mentioned, Friday morning, the game's Thursday night. Now that it's here, what are your thoughts on a Thursday night game?
0: I, 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 I don't. I just don't like it. I, I not necessarily. Uh, I enjoy you know Thursday night action uh, during the regular season. I mean, I think they play games like Tuesday nights now in some games, but um, Thursday night games just it just throws everything off. I mean, I think that the the benefit of having your first game of the season on a Thursday night is you can kind of tailor your practice schedule your your media time every all 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 those things you can kind of get on a uh, you can set them up however you want so you're not really thrown off like if you're playing on a thursday in the middle of the year then they could throw off your your preparation days so um i'm I'm okay with the first game this season i I would much rather them just play you know play the game on a on a saturday at noon than thursday at eight but you know here we are I'm, i'm excited so i mean it's it's a couple less days that i have to have to be stressing about it so it'll be it'll be game time before we know it, and i cannot wait to watch
1: joe we're going to be covering six different games that that you've hand selected as your locks for the weekend want to jump in at the top with central michigan at oklahoma state joe which way are you going all right.
0: So the the most recent line I saw was uh 59 and a half for the total. I'm going under. That's a sharp play right there. Well, maybe it is. Shane's gonna break it down a little bit further, but here's what I what my what my thought process is. Uh Central Michigan has a player named Lou Nichols, the third at running back. He's he's the best running back uh in, in that conference, and he's probably one of the better running backs in the country. He's he's a workhorse. So it really would it would really behoove. Central Michigan to run the football, um, and of course, when teams are going to be dedicated to running the football, uh, that's going to eat clock. So I think that that's what what they're going to attempt doing against against this OK State defense. Now Oklahoma State, everyone, everyone knows it. They they can, they can put up points. They can put up points in an absolute hurry. Um, I, and I think that they 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 I think that this this game really uh, really comes down to can Oklahoma State make stops. And I think they'll be able to Derek Mason, who was a uh, coach at Vandy defense coordinator, uh, kind of all over the place um, is the new D coordinator at Oklahoma state. So this will be his first game. I know he wants to make a strong impression and this Oklahoma state team, I think they gave up like 18 points a game last year. It was not, it was not a huge amount of points. So, so whereas you, you really think of, okay, state and, you know, the Mason Rudolph years of, of the running gun, Mike you actually Penn state's office coordinator was an office coordinator under, under, uh, under Jeff Gundy there. Um, but I think that it comes down to OK State's defense. I'm I'm predicting like a 35-17 type game, um, where Oklahoma State wins. But I think it could be a closer game than people think. Central Michigan's a pretty good team. Um, so it'll it'll be uh, it'll be in that range. I think that 59 and a half. If you can find it at 60 somewhere, you you know, you you want to get on that, of course. Um, but I think that they'll they'll play this game in the low 50s. First game of the season, too. It's you gotta you gotta you gotta kind of knock the rust off if you're uh, either team on on offense so uh um, again one and th- this is this is also a thursday night game so uh i, I kind of factor that in those games just being a little bit more low scoring and in my head i don't have any stats to back that up but i just feel <laughs> like uh, playing on an odd night you score less points
1: one of the things that jumped out to me uh, about this bet that you have the under 59 and a half you look at what the spread is and it's twenty two and a half, and a half which to me i mean i guess how do you see it playing out in terms of uh you know you said ok state can put up some points do you think they they cover this line cuz what i'm getting at here is with a spread that's that high mm-hmm. and and over under that for college football isn't that high right. right um it seems like it would have to be a blowout with uh you know ok state just really not allowing many points at all or the, the alternative to that is why wouldn't you just take the plus 22 and a half if it's going to be that low scoring of a game?
0: Yeah. Well, I think that the number I threw out, I, I said, what I say, 35, 17 type of game. Uh, what's that? It's what 18, is that 18? Yeah. It's 18 points. Right. Um, so I think, I think, okay. State wins by more than two touchdowns. Um, if I were to play it though, I think central Michigan is better than, than maybe they, they would get credit for. Um, but, but I, I still would be more comfortable Um taking that taking that under just because i do think it'll be around like a two touchdown two touchdown on a field goal type of type of type of win for for ok state so i i'm not sold on that 22
1: well joe right now 62 percent of the bets are coming in on the over 38 on the under however the complete opposite is true for the money coming in so sixty two percent of the money is on the under
0: there we go um yeah I, at ok state when you think about them you're, you're thinking of the ball flying down the field uh and and just points going up in a hurry, but, but I think this might be a little bit of a different okay state team than, uh, than we've seen in years past.
1: The next game on, uh, the slate Michigan, Western Michigan at Michigan state university, Joe, you're all over Michigan in, uh, in these first two games here.
0: Yeah. All right. So when I, when, when we did our, our prep for this episode, um, Day or two ago, the line was, I believe, I I had it at 20 Michigan State minus 20. Yeah. Yep. I looked today and it was at uh, Michigan State minus 23. uh, And I looked right before we came on and it's Michigan State minus 22 now. Um, Western Michigan is bad. They're, they're, they are a bad, bad team. I think they were something like two and 10 or two and nine last year, two and 10 last year. Um, I I don't think they're going to be much better this year. They're, they're really a, a, a bottom tier MAC team um look, michigan state i i think i think that that last season was was you know i to to some extent a fluke uh, kind of like indiana had that big year i think they're they're much better than than indiana was but i think that michigan state comes out they're they're riding it away from last year uh lose some pieces but they 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 retain a good amount so i think they come out and they, they just beat up on, on a bad team i, I think that it, this this is more about um uh their opponents lack of talent than Michigan State's talent.
1: I like it. I wasn't I wasn't, I wasn't leaning one way versus the other on this, but uh based on what, what you said, I I might jump on Michigan State here as well. It looks like at the books right now, 21% of the bets are on uh Western Michigan, whereas 79% are on Michigan State. And with that, 95% of the money is coming in on, on Michigan State. Wow. So, uh that is wow that, I, I don't think I've ever seen one that. that, yeah, that's, that is that <laughs> lopsided. That's, that's pretty well, remarkable. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's, that's, uh, wow. That's interesting.
1: All right. Let's, um, let's jump ahead here and go to middle Tennessee state, uh, at James Madison.
0: All right. So this will be JMU's first game as an FBS team. They, they had had a lot of success, uh, in the FCS the past, uh, the past couple, couple years. Um, there's going to be a lot of excitement around this. You're, you're, it's a JMU home game. Um granted, they had a lot of success in, in the FCS. They're they're a good team. There's a reason they're playing in the FBS now. Uh, middle Tennessee State, I thought they were going to be horrendous last year, and they ended up going to a bowl game and winning it. Uh, so they 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 have really, really surprised me last year. And and I think, you know, I think they went seven and six last year. Um, their coach now, I, I believe I read that uh, Rick Stock still is I think the second longest tenured coach um, or no, he's tied for the second longest tenured coach uh, under or with, with Pat Fitzgerald, I think at at Northwestern. Um, So he's been there a while. uh, And I think that, that there's just so much hype around JMU. They lost their, their top wide receiver uh, from their class last year. Um, So I'm really, I'm really just, just thinking that, you're getting points obviously they have to go on the road, but this is a team that played really well last year with a good coach and they're playing, you know, a team that's making their, their first game in the FBS. There, there have to be so many nerves, so much hype, so much excitement. I think the middle Tennessee state can get on the um, and, and, and cover that and, and potentially win that game out. Right. I, 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 you know, I think that they're, they're really, uh, I saw it. I saw long. I had it five and a half, but I saw it go up to six, um, uh today so i but i do think middle tennessee state is is going to take advantage of of just being kind of been there done that while as whereas jmu is going to be getting those those jitters out from uh from from their first game in the in the fbs
1: yeah and and at the books there's not much of a differential in terms of the bets coming in versus the money coming in uh middle tennessee state is getting 66% of the bets and 51% of the money Uh, which means JMU is getting 34% of the bets and 49% of the money. So not too big of a differential there. Yeah, let's take those points. Take those points. Now, Joe, the next game you had on here is uh, Western Kentucky at Hawaii. And before we break down this game, (laughs) let's talk a little bit about our favorite team, Hawaii. Yeah. Why do we we love this team? We've adopted we have adopted hawaii <laughs> yeah, they are there there are our adoptive, uh adopted local team yep. and the reason being hawaii home games start at midnight so wake up great day going starting at noon have a few bets in there win or lose 330 you know you're doubling down and if you win or lose that you're trying to probably make it back on the night game now when all else fails before sunday nfl football starts 12 o'clock Hawaii, it's right there for you. It's there trying to save the day. Most of the time, at least in uh in my experience, uh, when you bet Hawaii, you tend not to watch the game. It's more, it's one of those things where <laughs> speak you put for in yourself the bet <laughs> and and you wake up in the morning and you check your phone, and it's either going to be a good day or a bad day based on what the screen says.
0: I I get up on Saturday mornings and I am like I I I slowly progress from just like, like I, I age years, I wake up as like a 12 year old on Christmas, just so excited for everything. It's going to be great. Uh, drinking, grilling, football, betting, it's all awesome. And then you lose the first bet. And now you're, you're a little bit worried and you lose that second bet. Uh, you know, now, now you're drunk and you've just been eating terrible food all day. You feel sick, (laughs) you're you're, you're down, you know, your entire, your entire bankroll, but that Hawaii game, that 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 Hawaii game is is always there for you. It's it's just it's such a comfort to to degenerates and and I just love the Rainbow Warriors. They are horrible, horrible this year, and it's going to be so much fun too. Uh, and the other thing was, I think that Hawaii at one point was uh, like they were putting their games on Facebook. So I remember, I remember like going to bed, getting that Hawaii bed in, and and just watching on my iPad on Facebook, watching Hawaii football. <laughs> uh, but it, it, hey, Hawaii is fun and uh, and a Philly connection. Their head coach is Timmy Chang. So Timmy Chang was a Hawaii legend. I think he broke a ton of passing records just, you know, literally throwing the ball 60 times a game. And that's what they want to get back to. But he was uh he was on the Eagles practice squad. He may have actually been like the third string quarterback for a year or something, but uh he's got some Eagles, Eagles connections there. Um, so what do I have in 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 this this beautiful uh chase game? Uh I am taking the over. I had it at 64. Um let's just call it what it is. Hawaii can't stop anybody, and Western Kentucky can't stop anybody. So the one thing that really caught my eye was Western Kentucky, uh, had Jared Degey, who was a transfer from West Virginia. He was beat out by a kid named, uh, Austin Reed, who was a, at a D2 college in Florida and just completely lit it up. So Western Kentucky's coach is talking about how this guy Austin, Austin Reed is an absolute gunslinger. Like they're just going to be throwing it all over the field, uh, Hawaii showed us in their first game against Vanderbilt they could not stop anybody. Now an SEC defense is a little bit different than uh, Western Kentucky's defense, so I do think Hawaii can also put points up on the board. Um, we're talking probably like a fifty-seven to fourteen type game here where Western Kentucky is going to just blow them out, but I think Hawaii will be able to get a couple of points on the board to, to help that. So that total is actually low. Uh, this is this is hands down my favorite bet of the week. It's it's going to be a uh, and don't listen to the people that are like well they got to travel to Hawaii, they've been there. They're they're in Hawaii now. They're 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 acclimated. It's fine. Uh, at the end of the day, it's it's football, and and one football team is going to absolutely destroy the other football team. Um, so I think that there's going to be a points fest. in in where, where's the University of Hawaii, Honolulu?
1: Uh, yeah, it's on the Big Island,
0: the Delco of Hawaii, as I call it, Honolulu. Um, or the it was the Big Island, Honolulu. How does that work?
1: Uh yeah I don't think we really need a, a geography lesson. Oh at this all right. point. You were you're
0: ju- you're just there so I thought I thought maybe you'd have some thoughts on on Hawaii but okay uh over sixty four if you can get it you know anywhere lower than that uh, jump all over it this is easy this is free money.
1: So with the you have it at over sixty four you've already placed that bet as I'm looking at now it looks like that's creeped up it's up to sixty seven and a half so how that's, high are you willing to take it? must, this? must
0: have been my ten dollars I put on it though that <laughs> was swinging that line <laughs> you said it's at sixty seven and a half yeah. Wow. So well, man, that's a lot in a couple of days. Uh, I, I would be confident. I would be confident. Let me think here. Uh, I mean, can West Kentucky score 63 points by, uh, alone? Possibly. Uh, I would take it. Yeah, Man, that's probably my cutoff right there. Right around 67 Said 67 and a half. That, that would, that would basically be my cutoff you could you could you could very well end up i mean if hawaii is as bad as i think they are you can end up with a 63 to 7 type game um i don't i don't i think why is going to get a couple points though so I, I think that that line i'd still be confident in um if it gets into like the 70s though that's usually where i pump the brakes
1: all right and the books have it at the over getting 45 percent of the bets and only 40 percent of the money so oh so boy. not not much of a differential right there
0: I think some people shy away just when they see a see a big number, but uh, but I do the homework. I'm into it. Austin Reed, remember that name?
1: There are two games this weekend that everyone's going to be watching. The first is Oregon visiting Georgia. Uh, Dan Lanning last year was Georgia's defensive coordinator, moved on to take the head coaching position at Oregon. And, you know, he should know, obviously, what Georgia is doing inside and out. Now, some of the things to consider with this game, at least that, that jumped out to me, are some familiar names that you're going to recognize. Dan Lanning being one of them. The other, Bo Nix, the quarterback for Auburn the past three years, transferred to Oregon. Uh, as far as I know, they still have not named their starter. But he seems to be, uh, you know, one of the top candidates for the job. It'd be really interesting to see him uh, go up against Georgia again. He he's, has yet to beat them in in his career. Now, Georgia is uh, heading into this year as the third-ranked team. So, last year, they had an all-time historically great defense. Their defensive line last year was the best that I've ever seen in college football. And it was it was a ton of fun to watch. Now... 15 players got drafted from the Georgia team into the NFL, including five first round picks, all defensive players. Overall, they had eight defensive players drafted. That's a ton of talent to lose. And when you see numbers like that, it makes sense why they were so dominant last year. It makes sense why they went on to win the national, uh, title, uh, it's got to be difficult to replace that that many stars. So Georgia's always in you know the the conversation at least for best recruiting classes in the country. So they have guys that are coming in that will make it to the NFL. However, fifteen players in one year is a lot to replace. And you just, you saw what happened with LSU a few years ago when they were in a similar situation. I don't think the same thing is going to happen with Georgia in terms of of that fall off. But I mean, they have to take some sort of regression, wouldn't you say?
0: absolutely I I mean they they lost the heart and soul of their defense in Nicobe Dean who's who's now you know wearing Eagles uniform and as well as uh just a completely dominant uh, lineman Lyman and Jordan Davis also on the Eagles uh, which we're very happy about um the line on this game I saw it at 17 and a half uh Georgia's favored I fully understand and I completely respect the fact that Georgia is a a Top tier Alabama, Ohio State type program. They just won the national championship. They reload every year. You, you have players in the wings. They can come step up. This is the first game of the season, though. I, I mean, is everything just going to be perfect? Do they just carry over and come out and absolutely dominate a, a team that has talent, that has their old defense coordinators or head coach? I don't think they do, which is why I'm I'm going Oregon in in this game. I'm taking those those points every single one of them. Uh, now the the argument is going to be, well, Joe, uh, uh, Bo Nix sucks. Bo uh Nix sucked. Okay, his freshman year though, he was the SEC freshman of the year. He was very good his freshman year. Do you know who his offense coordinator was at Auburn that year? Kenny Dillingham. You know who's the offense coordinator at Oregon this year? Kenny Dillingham. So Bo Nix is now with the offense coordinator that he had the most success under. And and look, the guy's not great. I am not saying that he's he's some incredible quarterback, but I think he will be better. That Auburn situation was was a mess. I mean, and 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 Bo Nix being kind of like the son of Auburn and this this saving grace bringing it back to the promised land. That's what people thought after his after his freshman campaign, and then it went downhill from there. And and I mean, last year you had a you know just that the guy somehow kept his job. I, Brian Harsin. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how, but yeah, you, you had a lot of things not really going in your favor. This is a fresh start for him, and like you said, he's never beat Georgia. He's got to be he's got to be extra motivated for this game um so i i I do think it's way too many points early in the season you could could get me in six weeks and and georgia could be just you know phenomenal again and bonix could be on the bench but this is the first game of the season I, i think that's way too many points coming off a national championship or not uh you lost a ton of talent and and you you know you got guys to replace it and you have guys in the wings but but they have not had that that true college game day uh atmosphere experience uh high level competition they just haven't seen it yet you know it, so this is this is new and I think that Oregon hangs in this game I don't think Oregon's gonna win the game I think Georgia would win but 17 points is a lot or 17 and a half points which I saw that it is, is it's a lot of points so I, I gotta lean Oregon in this one
1: yeah I, I, I lean Oregon as well and it, it the lo- the line just seems too high right so, so oregon has uh they're getting 67 percent of the bets and 81 percent of the money so mm-hmm. it seems like everyone's leaning oregon though which makes me reconsider this and yeah you know why is the line 17 and a half yes it's in georgia yes they just right. won the national championship for all the reasons you just laid out it just seems like a very a large line to open the season so um i, I lean oregon as well um i don't know if i'm going to be betting this one or not Come Saturday when I'm sitting on my couch watching the game, I'm sure right before I'm going to place a bet. Uh, But uh, yeah, this uh, this should be a good one to uh, to really kick off kick off week one.
0: Yep, yep. And the night game, my favorite game on the slate. Oh, I can't wait! (laughs) I can't wait.
1: This night game, I have a feeling I know which way you're leaning on this. We have uh, Notre Dame versus Ohio State now. Uh, A few things to note here. Uh, I think that all the talk that's that's going on right now is around the new Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman, uh, former Ohio State linebacker, and you know he gets a chance to to go up against his old team. How do you break this one down?
0: Uh, I think I missed a boat on it.
1: Do you do you have what this opened at
0: and what it's at now?
1: I can bring that up real quick. The the amount so this opened at the amount of line
0: movement towards Ohio State is incredible.
1: Well it opened at 14 and it's uh, it's at 17 and a half. All
0: right, 17 and a half. Yeah. I'm going Ohio State. And what what is really interesting to me is uh and, and Marcus Freeman, first year coach, but but just don't do it. Just 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 keep your mouth shut when when somebody brings it up to you because somebody in the press conference said, you know, you're 17 point dogs, and he goes, Oh, 17 point dogs, huh? Said, so, right, I? Yeah, we'll we'll remember that. We'll put we'll put that up in the training room. Uh, you fool! You fool! Because here's what you got to stop. You got to stop the best quarterback in the country, C.J. Stroud. You got to best stop the best wide receiver in the country, in in Jackson Smith and Jigba. And you really don't quite have the talent to do that. I hate hate Notre Dame. Hate Notre Dame more more than more than Ohio State. I, I hate Notre Dame, and I, I I try to you know really be rational about this and just say. <laughs> And, and no, I do. And just, just say like, okay, is this just me being, <laughs> you sound me having, very rational. is it just me having blind hatred towards Notre Dame or, or do I, I truly believe this. And I truly believe Ohio state is the second best team in the country. I think they're going to play in the national championship against Alabama. who is was far and away the best. Um, and I just don't think that, that let, let alone, uh, Stroud and Jigba. I mean, you also have Marvin Harrison, Jr. Who went to high school at St. joes prep here in, in Philly. Um, so y- y- there's the, the wide receiving core at Ohio state is, is, I mean, it was legendary last year, and you don't even miss a beat. You lose Chris Olof and Garrett Wilson. And you just, you just, you just replace them with, with the guy who I think is going to win the, uh, well, I forget what, whatever they call the, uh, the wide receiver award, um, in Njigba. So I, I, I don't think, I think Marcus Freeman could do a very good job at, at Notre Dame, but I don't think that they have, have, they just don't have the players to stop or not even stop just to run with, with Ohio state. So that's a huge number, but there's, there's a reason it, it it keeps trending the way, the way it is. And it's Ohio state is a really, really good team. Notre Dame's a team that you know about Ohio state's a really good team. So uh, I'm going Buckeyes and I don't think it's just because, because out of blind rage, I, I think it's a legitimate, uh legitimate decision of making here question for you. Oh boy.
1: So they, uh, Marcus Freeman has made, very clear that he is aware of what the line is you mentioned he's going to post it he's already told his yep. team i've heard comments from players from Notre Dame mentioning the line it's in their head right so this is a 28 point game in the fourth quarter even getting late into the fourth quarter you think they're pushing for the cover like obviously they're going to try and score points but <laughs> that's that's pretty funny yeah but they're all aware um, of it right so even if you can't win the game at the end you're gonna be like 17 and a half let me uh let me ruin that.
0: Yeah, that's that. That is that is interesting. That's very interesting. Um, I don't know they'll even have. Oh man, yeah, that you got me thinking now. I don't know that they'll have the opportunity to to even do that because Ohio State also has has a, has a very
1: good defense. So I mean, ultimately they're going to want to score I, points all the way to the end of the game anyway. Yeah, so they should that, be that, trying.
0: That is true. So yeah, that 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 is something to consider. Um, yeah, that's that's a very good point. I I, I had not really thought of that being a uh being uh something that would be would be rattling around in their minds but but i think you're right i think that it uh i, I think it is um and I, i'll give i'll give notre dame uh credit where where i think uh credit is is due they they do have some some uh very talented players um you know and on that on that uh uh in, in the backfield chris tyree i think is a good running back they have uh um, they have a couple good players on on their defensive line, which I think is going to be a strength for them. But but again, Ohio State's a, it's just another level. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to pick on you know women's college basketball, but but I will. Um, you 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 watch you watch UConn play. You know, if UConn's number one and they play the number three team in the country, it's like a forty seven point game. So I think Notre Dame's is a good team, but I think Ohio State is just at that next level, and I, I think that it's a big number. But I think they're going to cover it.
1: Yeah, I, I I truly can't remember a, a two versus five, which has been a seventeen and a half point uh, gap. I mean, th- that just seems so big for two top five teams. Um, you know, the one player that I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on is Michael, May- Michael Mayer, the tight yeah, end tight for Notre yeah. uh, Dame. When I watched that kid last year, uh, you know, he he truly looked just like a different animal on on the field than than any other player granted Mm -hmm. he's playing tight end, so he's not going to truly be able to break the game open and and win it by himself for uh for Notre Dame but he's definitely a guy I'm going to be keeping my eye on throughout the year because after watching him his first two years he seems like the real deal he seems like he's head toward the NFL and um I'm curious to see you know it should be interesting to see how how high he can climb in the uh in the draft ranks
0: yeah, well, I have him uh, right now as the fourth best tight end in college, right behind Brenton Strange, Theo Johnson, and Tyler Warren. Those are Penn State's three tight ends. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, he's 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 a great player. Uh, definitely somebody to keep an eye on. But I but I I I think I think Ohio State is again. Uh, they'll they'll be able to plan for him and. Um, and and contain him you know better than than most teams will be able to this this season so again i you know I, I could see it being a really really good year for for notre dame but but this is a this is a tough tough game to start and i i just it's i i just don't see it being being close and and you know vegas vegas uh line
1: vegas indicates that with you. yeah And finally, the game of the week. Temple, a big one. Duke, Duke, favorite by seven points. Night game. What's your prediction?
0: This is a big one. This is a big one. Uh, my prediction. And and uh, breaking news from our, for our first episode. Uh, Temple did name a starting quarterback. It is going to be Dwan Mathis. So uh, uh, look out for him. Uh, Heisman committee. Um, but no, it's it's easy to be mean because both teams are, are just. Despicable, but um both did hire new coaches. So Mike Elko is is the new head coach um, at Duke. He was a defensive coordinator at um, Texas A and M previously, uh, and then of course, uh, Stan Drayton at Temple, who was a running running back coach at uh, at Temple. This game is is going to be ugly. It's going to be it's going to be horrible. I I, I said my piece about Temple when we did our uh, season breakdown for them in, in episode one. Uh, I think that, that this is a big, big game for, for Duke being at home. Mike Elko, uh, is going to want to win his, his first home game. I think that's going to be a little bit extra motivation. Uh, I think talent wise, Duke has a little bit of an edge over, over temple. Although both teams are pretty bad. Uh, but I'm, I want to go with, uh, I'm going to lay those points. I'm going to take Duke here game
1: of the week. <laughs> For Joe I'm Shane Curran. That's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Remember, rate, review, subscribe, and always bet on yourself.
0: Philly and the Over is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe?